Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something mean, Alright, welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by the next big thing, Rob. I think it should that's be. That's not a weight joke. What's that? That's not a weight joke. Not not a weight joke. That's fine. <laughs> not the next big thing. I am the big thing. And right. I'm the Monday Night Delight. Ah, very nice. Mr. Monday Night. We are back after a short break. Uh, we've got the Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming up. You can reach us at Guys Nation Wrestling on Facebook and GN Wrestling on Twitter. Um, so you attended Raw in D.C., huh? I did. Uh, somehow I looked out. A scale of 1 to 10 on uh, the overall experience? Um, it was about a 6 or a 7. It was, it was a little better than average. Uh, this jackass that was sitting in my row, who probably left like 8 times after showing up at about... Eight forty-five, nine o'clock. Hmm. He left. He, so we had to get up and move out of his way. He did that like eight or nine times. Ah, that's annoying. Yeah, kind of. And and he didn't wait for like commercials or whatever. He just, you know, whatever time. Just, and there couldn't be more downtime than at a raw, right? Right. So there's plenty of opportunity to get up. Yeah, there should have there should have been plenty, but <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> It seemed like most people were pleased with the show overall, though, in terms of you know the matches you got and everything. Yeah, the the quality of the matches were really good. Uh, yeah, just overall experience, you know, took it down a little bit. But yeah, in terms of the show, I thought it was pretty good. I'm I'm and, I'm not always a huge fan of the uh, the go home show, the final raw before um, a pay per view. Right. But I'll do it. Yeah. Well, did the uh, tickets cost FRWE? They were comped. Absolutely. Nice. So that, that definitely helped out. Yeah, um, so you didn't have to have your arm twisted for that one, huh? No, absolutely not. The, the moment that I heard that I could have two tickets, I started my thank you very much. Uh, and uh, where were the seats? They were, um, if you were at a hockey game, um, it's in the lower level, uh, right where the, right where the, um, you know, the arena starts to go up. Right, right, right. Yep. So um, just off the floor, I guess, technically. Yeah. So it was, it was row G. So it was, you know, up, uh, what is that? Like, um, seven rows. Yeah. So you're up a little higher, right? So you can yep. see over the people on the floor and all the stupid signs. Yeah. And that, that definitely helped. And I was I was on the hard side, you know, the side with the 
hard camera. Right. Um, so you can bring your Guys Nation wrestling podcasts sign. I did so not. It wouldn't have got on TV. It, it definitely would not have, and they were definitely confiscating certain people's signs. So I don't know that it would have made it anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I did see um, our friend Dukes. Uh, he's always front and center when Raw's in D.C. Yeah. But uh, they had a sign that was like at 316. You know, obviously nothing to do with the wrestlers. And that made it on, so. Right. Yep. No, uh, in, in fact, our friend Dukes, uh, he got tickets from the same guy I did. Right. Only his were a lot better than yours. Yeah, well, one of the guys has a radio show. Yeah, let's just put it this way. One of us on Monday got to go to work. One of us on Monday got to meet Roman Reigns. The guy who met Roman Reigns definitely got better seats. And the the other guy sat on the hard camper side. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So... You know, one of the things that I'm always curious about, I've never actually been to a Raw, although I'm going to one in August, which will be the final Raw before SummerSlam, the go-home show, as you'd like to say. Yeah. Um, I'm always curious about, you know, what the crowd reactions were like, especially now that we have some of these new stars. Um, did anybody surprise you with kind of reaction or, or maybe non-reaction that they got? Um... Bo Dallas got a pretty good reaction. I'm not going to say he was the biggest reaction of the night. Yeah. I was a little surprised. I mean, I know I know people like to goof on Bo Dallas and whatever, but he actually got a decent pop. Um, somebody got a big pop on the pre-show, and I can't recall who it was, but it was something that was filmed for uh, for superstars. Zack Ryder. Nope, nope. Um, I'll look it up. I'll, yeah. I'll look to see what uh, what's on the card for superstars. But it was it was crazy. Um, anyway. Yeah. So who? Uh, what would you say was the biggest pop moment of the night? Uh, people are gonna hate to hear this, but it was definitely John Cena. Yeah. Yep. Between. Well, in terms of somebody's music hitting and all that. Yeah. It was it was definitely him. But uh, as far as individual moments, I mean, I was thinking maybe the excuse me Stephanie had to be up there. You know that was that was pretty big, but um, you know Vicky kind of yelled that, and so people were kind of cheering loud enough so that they could yeah. you know get their cheers louder than Vicky. But um, although there was uh, when people were were chanting uh, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, over and over and over again. That was pretty loud. And at the end of the show, uh, I don't even know if they showed this on Raw itself, but when Stephanie was in the mud and Vicky got to the top of the ramp, she did um, like a shoulder shimmy like Eddie used yeah. to. Yeah, they showed that. Yeah, and that, that got a pretty good reaction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but those those definitely weren't the pops of the night. I think the pop of the night was when Dean Ambrose broke away from the referees, oh, yeah. climbed up over the over the announce table, and knocked down uh, Seth Rollins again. I love that shtick. He's run across the tables multiple times now. Yeah, 
that's just kind of a you know, it's it's something that I guess has been done before, but to to make it something consistent where it's like part of your shtick, I just think it's hilarious that he would even come up with that. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been really impressed by by Ambrose. We're definitely going to spend some time talking about the Shield members individually now that they're all kind of going in their own direction. Yeah. Uh, definitely looks like we might have three main event players like right off the bat here. Right. Uh, oh, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what it was on Superstars that got a bigger pop than I thought it would. <coughs> was that uh, Adam Rose? Oh, uh, right, right, right. It wasn't How could a huge. You that? Well, I don't know. I I think it's because be a the, lemon, be a rose bud. And it wasn't necessarily a pop for him, but it was uh, people singing along to that damn song. You weren't excited about it. Um, you know, I had just gotten there and and trying to figure everything out. Just paid way too much for uh, for a bratwurst. Right on top of your free ticket. Yeah, we had playing some more. Rob. Uh, all right. Um, Thanks again, Joe. So speaking of chance, uh, somebody did point out, and I'm guessing it's not actually the case, but that it seemed like this was the first show. Uh, you know since Royal Rumble that there wasn't a TM fan. I'm guessing there probably was, but it just didn't really come true on TV. There were definitely two or three CM Punk chants. Yeah. It was annoying. I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, there's no reason at this point in the show anybody should be thinking about CM Punk, and there you are chanting it. Yeah. But there, was, there wasn't a big one on TV, which... So, I mean, it, it in that sense, it did seem like the first show, really, that didn't have a big one come through, like... You know, while trip, we like to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to, I would have to think that uh, you know, at the other shows where it actually comes through on Raw, um, I would have to think that those chants were probably a lot louder than what what uh, we got this week. But if it didn't come through on Raw, so. Yeah. So now I also noticed um, a picture of Bray Wyatt in the mud. I guess it's from the post show. What did you stick around for that? You know we didn't. Oh, um, I know, I know. One of the few perks of going there live is getting that post show. I know, but one of the uh, one of the bad parts about going live is um, dealing with, you know, like what twenty thousand people walking down yeah, to the yeah. same metro stop. Right. Um, having to deal with that and getting pushed up against random people on the street who are standing around who've been there for four or five hours. Right. Uh, not, uh, yeah. So as, as soon as I looked up at the, uh, at the screen that's, a you know, um, above the arena and I saw the, uh, the copyright information sit there with Roman Reigns' head. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm good to go. You good to go. And my buddy has to get up at like three in the morning. Oh, yeah, because he gets to work at four and works sucker an hour day. And uh, was he hassling porn? Who gets up that early? Uh, government workers. Hmm. He does shift radio work. shows. <laughs> right, right, real radio shows. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I guess you missed that. So, yeah, somehow you got thrown in the mud. I'm certainly glad that wasn't on real TV, because the last thing we needed for Bray Wyatt to go down the Ryback route after his encounter with John Cena just right. get crapped on, literally. 
Yeah, so just from watching Raw, and I'll, I'll just make this really quick. Um, did you feel like they were... Do you feel like the distancing that they did uh, Bray Wyatt from the Wyatt family tag team, do you feel like that kind of changes how he feels? Yeah, I think it was important. I think they had to do something like that. I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of that the theme music they chose to use for them. Yeah. Kind of odd. But, you know, yeah, I do think there needed to be a little bit of separation there. Right. How, how cool was it? This, I guess we'll talk about that during the show. I, I won't bring it up. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about well, Yeah, we'll definitely get into it. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's just jump into the shield then, I think, uh, since we already been that topic. Um, what do we think of them in general as singles competitors? Uh, I mean, it seems to me that this is a good thing, right? I mean, it looks like we might be getting some fresh blood in the main event scene, or at least the possibility of it. Yeah, I think, you know, over the past year, there was definitely some hints that Roman Reigns was going to be the guy to get into the main event. Um, so that's certainly not a surprise, but the way that the whole thing feels at this point is really kind of cool. Um, I don't know yeah, and I don't think it's gone the way we expected at all, right? Yeah, not really. Um, and I thought they were going to kind of pair some people off, but... I guess with uh, the money in the bank and, you know, having eight guys in a match and whatever, that, uh, you know, they could kind of separate it out that way. So, you know, it, it leads to a huge question that we'll get to when we talk about the actual matches. Is, you know, how soon are, or who and how soon are, are one of them actually going to get into the title picture? I mean, I guess you could argue that Roman Reigns is already in the title picture by being that match. But I mean, as far as like really winning it, um, and would it be too soon if, if something happened at this pay per view? Right. Yeah, I think it would be too soon. Yeah. Um, so that that begs a question that I've kind of tossed around in my head is like, what do you do with them if they're not going to be walking out with a briefcase or a belt? You know, but then but keep them right on that main event cusp. You know. It was right. easy to do when there was three of when they were a team because they could fight another faction like Evolution or the Wyatts or whatever. You were a makeshift team. Yeah, but now you run the risk of you know one of them getting lost in the shuffle because the, all three of them need to be maintain their push. I would think. Yeah, and I think they've already given us hints as to what they're going to do. Um, you know, July, August, September, because. Really, you've got Ambrose going after Seth Rollins. I mean, you know, they're making that pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and to me, it seems like they're also giving us hints that Roman Reigns is going to be paired up with Randy Orton. Because it was, uh, you know, Randy Orton got into the ring while Seth Rollins was beating down Dean Ambrose with a chair. Randy Orton got into the ring and gave uh, Roman yeah. Reigns the RKO. Yeah. And because those two guys are in the uh, the title match yep. this Sunday, uh, I think you're going to see some stuff between them where, you know, like maybe Randy Orton's going to gonna get the, uh, the belt or something, and Roman Reigns is the one that stops him. Well, and I think that's got to happen. Uh, 
and we could talk about Reigns for a little bit here because, you know, he's his entire run so far has been as as a as a tag partner. Really, we haven't seen too many solo matches of his. You know, Certainly he's getting not. he's getting that hot tag pop. You know, where he comes in and only has to do a few moves, and everybody's yeah. excited. But when are we going to see him have? you know, that 15, 20-minute match. And what do we expect out of him? I mean, can he pull that off? You know, I think he can. I think he will. Um, I think he's got enough moves that he, uh, you know, he can string together something good. Um, and I think, you know, putting him up against Randy Orton is going to help because Randy yeah, Orton does a lot of rest holds. That'd be know? pretty ideal. Yeah. Him or, or Triple H, I, I still think Triple H might might come into play with Reigns. Yeah, he he very well might. To me, I like I like the fact that they had segments like the one on Raw where Roman Reigns is there with Sheamus. Yeah, those two guys talking because to me, like that separates Roman Reigns from the group mentality, and it puts him in a scene with another main eventer. And yeah, they're going to be tag team partners, you know, on Raw. But they also kind of had a little bit of tension between them. Yeah, you had to have that. I mean, I thought it was. I thought the whole thing was a little odd that they did that seven man match. Yeah. They and they repeated it from SmackDown. And like, really, I don't even know why Bray Wyatt was there. It should have just been on three on three, and he should have had nothing to do with it because he just doesn't fit. You know, he should be that lone wolf. Yeah. But. Yeah, so yeah, no, I agree. They, they they're giving him a little, a little bit of uh, development development there with that. But yeah, I think he's he's obviously on a trajectory uh, of, of Cena like proportions in terms of the way they they might end up protecting him and you know. But what are we gonna do about his mic skills? I mean, are are they are they good enough? I mean, I don't really feel like they're anywhere near good enough. I think they'll be sufficient for now because I think you have this guy who's super intense and the chicks already dig him because, you know, they think he's attractive. The dudes already, you know, like him because... They think he's attractive. <laughs> right. Um, but I think, you know, he'll just say a couple of words and then... You know, he'll let his actions, you know, speak for him. I, I think yeah. what he did with with Sheamus on Raw was was sufficient. Um, I don't think you're going to have him starting off a show and you know cutting a promo for 15 minutes. But if he's going to be a champion someday, he kind of has to do that, right? Yeah, but I think by then he he will have had enough, you know, five minute segments where you know his mic skills will improve enough that that yeah. won't be a problem anymore. So let's talk about another member of the Shield who I am very excited about, uh, Mr. Dean Ambrose. Uh, he's definitely getting some good reactions. He's now coming out in the wife beater and jeans. Nice yeah. kind of throwback look, uh, which I guess is also pretty much what he used to wear in the indies. Um, so I, I suppose that's what he's comfortable with. What do you yeah, think about his? What do you think about his uh, theme music? Um. I kind of like it. Uh, I think Raw like was the a, first like guitar streak or something to start it off, and then it almost yeah. sounds like a chainsaw, I guess. 
Yeah, Raw was the first time that I remember actually like listening to it. Yep. And I remember looking around the arena and a couple people were like doing the guitar thing along with it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's got that you know, not everybody's theme has that kind of quick hook at the beginning. You know, yeah. like like Brock Lesnar has it. Um Stone Cold obviously has it. Yeah. Where you kinda know, oh, it's that guy. And I like that. I like that the rock part of his song isn't like super fast metal, like like what they're doing with Rollins. I just, I think right. that's kind of overused. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. All right. So he's got the theme. He's got the new look. Uh, and it's really cool to me that he's kind of playing this anti-hero, you know, the heel or the uh, the face that can do heel moves. Right. And still be cheered like crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, are rightfully comparing him to Stone Cold um, since that he could break all the rules and still be a face. Yeah, and he just, you know, kind of appearing out of the crowd and is just jumping um, Seth Rollins. You know, that's it's a very Austin-type maneuver. Um, yeah, and he's got that, like, kind of, like that out-of-control outbursts that he does on a guy, you know? Yeah, oh, Austin definitely had that all through 96 and 97. Um, yeah. That's definitely a defining factor. He kind of lost it, you know, later in his career, but, but yeah, I mean, when he when he first got popular, I mean, that's just out of control. A rattlesnake, you just, you know, dive right in and just dominate. Yeah. So, so you got a pretty good reaction live? Oh, yeah. Live. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, I didn't really realize what was going on when he first jumped in. But when he was, you know, hammering on uh, Seth Rollins, it was like, it was crazy. The You know, fans were um, understandably just going wild. And then yeah. when they were holding him back, it died down a little bit. And then as soon as he just jumped off that table, it was, it was crazy loud. <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you think of him yourself? I mean, are you, are you excited about him or? Oh yeah, I mean he's got he's got really good mic skills. Um, he's got really good mannerisms, and I think that's something that uh, is kind of underappreciated. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things that keeps me from disliking Randy Orton is the fact that Randy Orton has great mannerisms. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's, it's I don't just know if I'd say great, but they're definitely above average. Yeah, well, compared to a lot of guys, compared yeah. to a lot of guys. Well, most guys are terrible at it. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, no, I think he's got a lot of tools to uh, to get you know a pretty big push and and be a pretty big superstar for years to come. So you don't think the Stone Cold comparison is is completely out of line at this point? No, no, not at all. No, I think it's a good comparison. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see where he goes. And then the last one, obviously, getting the big push from the authority, Mr. Seth Rollins. Now, what do we think of his look? I think it's, I think it's actually pretty cool. Uh, initially, I thought it was weird when he came out and he had, like, the the leather vest top on. Right. But when he took that off and just went with the pants, it looked much better. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a picture online on our favorite forum, Squared Circle on Reddit. Mm. Um, I saw a picture on there where 
someone compared it to like a superhero outfit where it was like leather pants and like a leather yeah. shirt type of thing. Definitely kind of uh, resembled that. Yeah, but on Raw he was definitely just you know sporting the uh, the no shirt with with those pants. Yeah. And now it looked pretty cool. It wasn't a huge change from what he used to wear. You know, it was still black pants, but the the belt or you know the whatever looks like a belt uh, with the silver buckle. It uh, no, it definitely looks cool. Yeah, and you know you can really see how good of a fit it is for him to be part of you know evolution, so to speak. Right. Like he just he really does kind of fit the part. Uh, much better than Ambrose would have. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm wondering, does he kind of get the Randy Orton treatment, you know, where Randy Orton became kind of, what is he was like one of the youngest world champions ever, if not the youngest. And, you know, just kind of get pushed to the moon right away and has been in the main event for a long time. Do we see the kind of trajectory for Orton with, or with uh, Rollins, the fact that he's already... You know, being paired up with someone like like Triple H. I don't know that uh, Seth Rollins will have the belt anytime in the in the next couple of months. Yeah, but or, I'm just thinking long term for him as a. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see superstar. him as being. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see him being a superstar. I could see him being a multiple time world champion. I think at some point he'll dip back into into the. Um, tag division because I feel like he you know his style meshes well with a bunch of other people so uh, I don't think he's too big actually, I actually think, think that'd be kind of hard to imagine I mean really? I guess everybody eventually goes to a tag unless you're the rock but what well, he didn't even need it. I don't yeah. know I, just, I feel like he's he's gotten such a big rub from what's happening right now that he'd be the last one I'd, of the three I'd expect to go back into a tag team Oh, see, I don't see Roman Reigns as going back into a tag team at all. Yeah. But uh, I do feel like if someone like Batista comes back, I could easily see Batista and Seth Rollins tearing through the tag division while Randy Orton feuds with whoever the world champion is. Right. That's possible. Yeah. Something so, like do you have an early... Uh, prediction, which we will probably forget about and never revisit, on which of these three becomes the biggest game ten years from now? Oof. Uh, ten years from now. Can you put your, your money down? So, like, if we were at, say, we, say it was 1997-98, right. and we were looking at guys like Stone Cold and The Rock and all that, yeah. I guess the answer would ultimately be that Stone Cold was the biggest wrestler of all those guys, right? Yep. Although The Rock became the most famous. Right. Right. Uh, but I think at the time, before any of them had had their title reigns, I'm sure there was a hefty debate. And, you know, I think these, these guys could end up, you know, maybe not reaching that status because wrestling will never be as big as it was. But... You know, they could be this generation's big three, so to speak. Right. So you're you're saying which which of the three will have the most success in wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do do. Yeah. I mean, I guess essentially. 
who would be the top dog if there is going to be one? Um, I'll probably have to. Uh, yeah, this is tough. I'm probably going to have to go with Dean Ambrose. Nice. How about you? Which which one do you think? That's what I want to go with. Uh, I definitely think Reigns is more likely, but I think Ambrose is is the more natural kind of star, you know. Yeah. He's the guy that he's the guy that could pull it off, and because he just has everything going for him. See, I I almost wanted to go with uh, Roman Reigns, just because yeah. I feel like he just he seems cooler. Something about Seth Rollins just feels like I don't know, kind of uh, like he'd be an asshole. <laughs> you know, he, he just he kind of has that feel to him. So I'm not sure how well that translates to him being a face. I'm not sure how. Yeah, I don't really get that vibe from him, but for me, like his trajectory feels kind of like Jericho. You know, he's got a very similar type of style, and I think he'll be successful with a lot of titles. But Jericho was never considered the top dog, right? You know, although he could believably be in the ring with all the top dogs, and right? Beat them, and nobody would bat an eye. Yeah, just something about uh, Seth Rollins' look. I I I don't know. Just something about it. Just just tell. Just makes it's me feel. It's the two-tone like, hair, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a lot about the shield. We're going to be talking a little more about them when we get to the pay-per-view, which I think we should just go ahead and do. Um, I think maybe the first thing we should say though, about pay-per-view is that Daniel Bryan is going to be on the pre-show. Right. In lieu of having a match, of you know, not him having a match, but they're not having any pre-show match. Right. Uh, it's just gonna be some sort of Daniel Bryan uh, State of the Union address, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, what do you? Do we have any idea what the heck he's gonna say? I don't know. I, I would have. This to is say... BS that he got stripped of his title, or I mean, what is? Honestly, I would I would bet that they are going to have some sort of encounter with. Uh, Triple H and or Stephanie right. where where he essentially says you know you, you strip me of the belt and I can understand that but I'm going to be the first one in line to get a title shot and I could see them kind of saying you know look kid you put us in a bad spot you hurt your neck we can't guarantee that I right. think it kind of sets them up as if to say, look, you might be the former champion, but that doesn't mean that you have a rematch clause because you didn't lose it to someone in the match. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I do think that there's something to be said for a guy like Daniel Bryan is is more entertaining chasing the belt than having the belt. Right. Kind of so, like Austin. Yeah, so this could certainly set him up for just enough chase. And it's believable in the fact that he actually did have to have surgery, and you know, so it's not all contrived. Yeah. But yeah, I, you're probably on the right track. I'm just wondering. I mean, do we think there's any possibility he gets physical at the pay per view, either 
during this pre-show or sometime during the actual event? Will he attack someone? Or I guess it's not really a style, is it? Not really. Not really. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll, I'll predict no. Yeah. That'll be I interesting. Wouldn't... I mean, and they're devoting a pre-show to it, so there's something worthwhile is going to have to come out of it, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I could... Uh... Yeah, I, I think they wouldn't have announced it if it if they weren't going to do something significant. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to the actual matches since there's probably a lot we can dissect. Yes, sir. Uh, let's start with the briefcase. Okay. I'm guessing that'll be the first, the two ladder matches. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, that's that's a good question. That's a very good question. Hmm. Because oh, come on, they can't have the main event with. John Cena having a chance to win the title and not have that be the main event. Uh, you you just convinced me. <laughs> All you gotta but, do is uh, say Cena, and you're like, oh right, yeah, that's close and shut. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was gonna say, you know, they would probably have the briefcase one last. That way, you don't think that there's gonna be a cash in at the end of the night. Oh no, I think the whole beauty of this this setup, you know, for the first time ever, is that you can possibly have a cash in at the end of the night on a guy that just yeah. won it. Anyway, all right, so um, it looks like, and I don't think we're spoiling anything because WWE already announced it, it looks like Wade Barrett got hurt. Ooh. Separated his shoulder. That's no good. Yeah, it's SmackDown. They already put it on their website. So he might be out. Well, I'm guessing he is if he separated his shoulder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one only has now six competitors. Whereas the other yeah. one has eight. I would have to think that they're going to add somebody to it. Yeah. Now, who the heck did they pick to add? I think that they're going to add a guy who might not seem like a traditional choice, who might not seem like he has a chance to win, but I think that you could consider him a credible threat to winning it if you just believe. believe. Yes. Yeah, I think he's the best choice for sure. Um, doesn't have anything to do right now. He's getting a lot of pops. Yeah. Makes I mean, sense. There's, there's Titus O'Neil, but I don't feel like there's much that you can <clears throat> do to make that believable. No. And I think you're going to see Rusev fight Big E, and, and he just wouldn't really fit the latter match because this is... You know, mostly smaller guys. You're probably going to see some monkey spots. Well, what What about Evan Bourne? Oh, wait. <laughs> Get out of here. What? what oh, well. Why don't, you, why don't you bring up John Morrison while you're at it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Miz. the Miz. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> the Miz, he, uh, he's a former winner of the briefcase. Well, they just fired half the roster, so we can't pick those guys. Yeah, and that's that's why I was goofing around about uh, Evan Bourne. But you do have Fandango. Ah, yes, Adam Rose. Damian Sandow. There's some options, for sure. Uh, what if... Uh-oh. We get a surprise entrance, and it's nobody we've mentioned thus far, but he would be the perfect guy to have a briefcase. Perfect guy to have a briefcase. The guy that 
would definitely not lose his cash in. Sin Cara? <laughs> no, a guy who probably wouldn't even have to show up, but he'd have his advocate carrying his briefcase around. Oof. Are you saying maybe a guy who <laughs> might have made history at uh, WrestleMania? Yes, Mr. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Could you imagine Paul Heyman with the briefcase? Oh, my good Lord. You yeah. imagine Brock Lesnar with the briefcase. Oh, I, dude, when his music finally hits for a cash-in, holy crap. Whoever's a champion is going to poop their pants. And with Lesnar, you don't have to In fact, to they wait. might just lay there and let him pin. Yeah, may as well. With Lesnar, you almost don't need uh, the champion to be in a bad way. You don't need to... Exactly. I mean, he could he could start off raw with the champion coming out and be like, oh, you know, I've had a good week off. I'm feeling great. You know, I'm looking forward to my next challenge. And then all of a sudden, cash in. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He'd be the one guy that would certainly not lose his cash in. Yeah. Um, I was actually I was listening to uh, Talk Is Jericho on Podcast yep. One. I was listening to that today, and they had... Are you promoting our uh, competitors here? If we were actually at a spot where we were um, where we were competing with, with Chris Jericho, that would be pretty fruit, and uh, pretty I would fruit. not... Pretty fruit, yeah. yeah. You know, okay. Jericho's, Jericho's term, fruit. Fruit. Is that you're, like you're not sweet? familiar? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. <clears throat> But continue. What did you hear on his podcast? Anyway, he was he uh, he had Edge and Paul Heyman in the uh, in the same ah, yes. room, and uh, he was interviewing them, and and uh, they were all talking about how how Brock Lesnar was the perfect one to beat um, the Undertaker, and how yeah you know, he's he's got all these qualifications and. Yeah, so that, he's just a different type of dude, and him having the briefcase would be insane. That would be another, uh, you know, thing to add to his resume. Yeah, so one of the few things he hasn't accomplished is winning uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah, so if if he was if he takes Bad News Barrett's spot, I don't know that there's any way that anybody else wins the briefcase other than him. Like I think, yeah, that it would point, be it would be absurd. I mean, if he enters the match, he's winning. Yep. So, let's just say that he's not the one that, that shows up. Yeah, I think it's a pretty small chance. Yeah. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I think it would be freaking amazing for him to have the briefcase, but I don't think it makes sense for the way the build's been, you know, maybe what their plans are going to be after this pay-per-view. Because I'm guessing he might be in a big match at SummerSlam. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, let's assume he's not in it. Yep, so you've got Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, RVD, Seth Rollins. Yep. And that's it. Yep. So you've got, right off the bat, I will say Swagger, Kingston, and Van Dam have no chance. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so that leaves you with Ambrose, Rollins, and Ziggler. Yep. I think it's a pipe dream if anybody is, is predicting Dolph Ziggler, personally. Uh, I know the fans oh, love do. him. 
but you know he had a shot. See, here's the thing. I think Triple H is talking him up too much. He's he's almost putting him in the uh, in the spot where uh, Daniel Bryan was, where he's talking a little too much about the fact that Ziggler is not a top player. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And if we're agreeing that uh, it's basically Ambrose, Ziggler, or Rollins at this point, to me, I think that Seth Rollins is not going to get the briefcase because I think that makes it a little too obvious. I think they're totally setting it up that he would be the one because Triple H is going to try and ensure it happens. Uh And I think Dean Ambrose is going to stop that from happening. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean the whole shtick, the the whole foreshadowing at least is that Ambrose is, will do anything to prevent Rollins from winning a match. Yep. Um, you know, I actually think there was a chance Barrett was was going to win it. Oh, absolutely! In fact, on Raw when they announced that uh, that Barrett was going to be defending the Intercontinental Title against Dolph Ziggler. My first thought was, okay, Ziggler's going to be the new Intercontinental Champion, and bad news, Barrett's going to be the briefcase holder. Right. It was it was close. Yeah. That was a, that was a great match. Oh yeah. I had to get up from my seat twice because of the uh, the douchebag further down the row. Yeah. Twice. So that's so my thought process. Yeah, I guess I was thinking Barrett was was kind of the guy I was going to pick before he got injured. Um, I guess with Ziggler, I just don't see it. I, I think there's just a lot of wishful thinking that, that goes on with him constantly. And, you know, he, I think he had a shot to do something. And they just, for whatever reason, they don't want to rely on him. And that's just all there is to it. I think they've invested yeah. way more in Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, but see, I think that they're they're doing the thing with Ziggler where they build him up, they give him big opportunities, they see how he do see how he does with them, and then they tear him back down, and they let him you know build back up. Like, remember how long he had the briefcase? Yeah, it was almost three hundred days. Yeah, it was a long time. And then he cashed it. Was it to the in point where it was nuts. like they kind of were running out of time, and they just had to have him cash in. Yeah. It just it just goes to show you that they just didn't have any plan. They 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 just don't see much in him. There or or he he rubs the people the wrong way backstage or something. He probably does, but I think I think that they're hearing the pops that he's getting. And I think that if they didn't want to do anything with him, if they didn't want to cash in on uh, on his popularity, then Triple H wouldn't say things like he said on Raw when he was introducing the fact that Ziggler was going to be in the match. I think they would just ignore it. I mean, wasn't he saying something about everyone? I mean, he yeah. said something about everyone. He did. He said something like, uh, you know, this guy, former Money of the Bank, blah, 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 former world champion, blah, blah, blah. But... For Dolph Ziggler, he specifically said, you know, you guys say that I don't see anything in this guy and that I'm not giving him opportunities, and because of that, I'm going to show you that I can do what's best for business, and I'm giving him the shot, Dolph Ziggler. 
I just think if I were in their position, it's like, yeah, he is getting all this reaction, and we don't even have to put a belt on him to have him keep getting that reaction. Like, why would they even feel the need to change it? Yeah, well, I, I don't know that they're going to put the belt back on him. Right. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, they, they, he doesn't need anything. Like, he doesn't actually have to win this match to continue on the same trajectory. Right. But, anyway. Um, so, but let's let's debate Rollins and Ambrose. That's the bigger... Okay concern here. I think that most people are more interested in. Uh, so, you know, obviously what did you think about the way they got Ambrose into the match? You know, I mean, I guess he, you know, after he attacked Rollins, he got on the mic and said he's gonna he's gonna ruin the pay-per-view or something like that. Right. Threw the mic down and then picked it back up because he had something else he wanted to say. Right. But that was funny. He broke, um, he broke the uh, the mic. He broke the uh, the casing around it. Right. And then, uh, you know, a little later we see Rollins backstage with Triple H demanding that uh, Ambrose be put in the match because I guess, uh, you know, he feels that Ambrose is going to come screwed up anyway, so he might as well be there so we can keep an eye on him. Right. Did that make a lot of sense to you? I mean, did you like that's how they did it? Oh, I thought it was perfect because, you know, I didn't want to see uh, – Triple H, you know, tell Ambrose, nope, you're not going to be in the match. You know, I didn't want him to have to beg. I didn't want him to have to beat anybody down again on SmackDown. Yeah. Triple H finally say, look, you know, if you want to do this, fine, because I don't want you messing up my match. Right. I like the fact that Seth Rollins stepped up and said, look, I don't want this guy messing up my chances. So let's make it happen. He needs to be in this match. I liked it. So how does this play out? I mean, when the match starts, or certainly when Ambrose music come on comes on, he's just going to go after Rollins even before the bell rings, probably, right? Yeah, probably. But at some point, um, you know, they'll get uh, a cheap shot on Dean Ambrose, or they'll find a way to tie him up in the ropes, or they'll yep. send him out into the crowd or something. Then, you know, we'll get a bit of time where you know, he's not involved. Yeah. Okay, so of the two of them, let's just let's just say that one of the two of them is gonna win. Right. Uh which one makes more sense to you? Probably probably Dean Ambrose, to be quite honest. Because if you give it to Seth Rollins, then what keeps what keeps Dean Ambrose from just attacking him every time he tries to cash it in or every time he comes out? You well, know what wouldn't I mean? that be kind of wouldn't that be an interesting scenario? A guy that's trying to cash in can't freaking cash in because some dude keeps beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that's probably a more interesting storyline than uh, a guy who has the briefcase, but he would rather beat down. His former friend and cash it in. Yeah, I'm just thinking that's a yeah. That's what I was thinking when you said Ambrose is that it's a little out of line with his motivations. Yeah. He would have to suddenly overnight go from wanting to kill Am kill Rollins to to being the WWE champion. Yeah. Well, he could keep the briefcase kind of in his back pocket and say, you know, look, I can cash this in whatever I want, but right now what I want is. Um, to get another match, and maybe that's how it happens. Maybe Ambrose gets the briefcase and wants 
he doesn't really care about cashing it in anytime soon, but he just says he wants a match with Seth Rollins, and so maybe they set up a match for SummerSlam where uh, if Dean Ambrose wants to get a shot at uh, Seth Rollins, that they put the briefcase on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see a briefcase on the line match between those two. All right, so... Uh, yeah, I, I lean more towards Rollins being more likely if it was just the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it would be interesting, especially if Orton doesn't win title, uh, what kind of chemistry that could occur you know, within that little faction there if, if Rollins rock around a briefcase and Orton doesn't have anything. Uh I don't know, maybe you see like Gordon start to turn back to be in a face or something. Right. Because he's got... You know. But anyway, yeah. that's, that's neither here nor there. So, the yeah. match itself, who's the favorite? Who's your pick? However you want to call it. Call it a favorite, call it your pick, if they're different. Um, I guess I'll go with uh, Seth Rollins being the favorite. All right, so is that your pick? Uh, my pick is going to be Dean Ambrose. Ah, nice. Yeah. Hmm. I hope you were right. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you've got that uh, Dean Ambroner. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Did, did, I just, did I just coin a phrase, the Ambroner? You know, the you Ambroner. might have... Although it does sound a little like Brony, which we all know is decidedly oh not a good. That's a man that likes My Little Pony. For anyone that doesn't know. Yeah, I was about to ask you if we should actually tell our our listeners right. what that is. Uh, so my thought is that Rollins is going to win. I'm going to pick him. So okay, that's my pick, and I'm rooting for your pick. Okay. Now, do we have a dark horse? Um, yeah, I'll say Ziggler. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much got to be the Dark Horse pick, unless it's the, unless it's somebody that's unannounced. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that Rob Van Dam does it. Yeah. I think it'd be cool, but it's just not going to happen. Chris Jericho on, on episode 50 of Talk is Jericho made a good, good point, um, about how WWE books things, and he talked about Kofi Kingston specifically. He talked about how hot Kofi Kingston was at one point, and he put Randy Orton through a table, and then like two weeks later, they just kind of gave up on him and just kind of ignored it. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, look at where we are now. You right. know, Kofi Kingston is, you know, crazy in these matches, crazy in the Royal Rumble, and they don't do anything with him. You know, they really should have put... They really should put Cesaro in this. Because right now there's, especially with the Barrett injury, which they couldn't have foreseen, but you right. know, right now there's four faces and, and only two heels. And on the flip side of the the big one, you got five heels and three faces. So it's really imbalanced. I think Cesaro would have fit this match really well. You know? Yeah, but running around with the the briefcase. 
Yeah. I just, I don't know if you want Cesaro with the briefcase. No, but he, it would have made it more intriguing to where we're not sitting here saying, oh, there's only like two guys that could possibly win. Yeah, no, that's true. It would have been a much more interesting debate because we'd have to consider that he's a strong possibility to win. I think if you put Bray Wyatt or Cesaro um, or Roman Reigns, for that matter, in, in the uh, briefcase match, it makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you basically took three of your your blue chippers, you know, your new guys, you know, which they always say the money in the bank briefcase is a chance to to get a new guy into the scene. Yeah. You, know, you put three of them into the, the world title match that already has a guy like John Cena and Randy Orton, so <laughs> kind of take yeah. them out of the mix. Yeah, in, in fact, I probably would have traded Bad News Barrett for Cesaro because I think right. Bad News Barrett was... Um, He's more believable as a guy who could walk out of that match with the belt. Yeah. So let's talk about that belt match. We spent a lot of time on the briefcase. You don't want to go with the Divas match first? <laughs> no. In fact, I don't think we're going to have any time for that because we're already pretty far along. Ain't nobody um, got time for that. Yeah, nobody got time for that. That's enough Divas talk for this show. Uh, so Alberto Del Rio, Bray Wyatt, Cesaro, John Cena, Kane... Suddenly, Randy Dang. Orton, Roman Reigns, and Sheamus. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, like I said, we got three phases and five heels in this one. Yeah, this one to me, I almost—it's—it's it's not as hard to predict. <laughs> excuse me. It's not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not as hard to predict. I just don't like the way that I'm gonna have to predict it. Oh yeah. Yeah, to me it comes down to... I think we'll probably both feel the same way about it. I think it comes down to John Cena or Randy Orton. Yeah. So it's essentially the match that we saw to unify the belts at, what was it, TLC? <laughs> with six other guys thrown in? Which, which, with six other guys that you know we kind of like and would prefer to see in another match. Yeah, so well, let's let's do this. Uh, what What order would you prefer... What's your preferential order? Ooh, I would prefer Bray Wyatt to win. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. I would prefer him, then maybe Cesaro. See, I'm going to go Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns as my top two. I actually don't want Reigns to win. Okay. I would actually put... I would even. I'd rather have Sheamus. Ooh. Because I don't think Reigns is anywhere close to ready for it. See, I'm not sure if he's ready for it or not. But every time Sheamus has the belt, I get bored with it. It's been a long time since he had the, you know, the big boy belt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's a. I think Sheamus is wasted a little bit right now. Uh, especially if, if they could figure out a way to make him heal. I think that would be interesting. Well, isn't Sheamus... Is, is he still the United States champion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so he's, he's obviously not going to have a chance. I, I'm just saying that's how much I don't want Roman Reigns, is that I would prefer Sheamus. <laughs> so, okay. It's not prefer- that I don't like Roman Reigns. I just don't think he's anywhere near ready. Um, I want to see more out of him before 
before they do that. Before, because you know what's going to happen, right? Four years from now, we'll be into the eighth title reign of Roman Reigns. Yeah. And you know there'll be let's go Roman, Roman sucks chance going on. You know, uh, and, maybe. You know, we're we're inevitably heading towards a Roman Reigns world, I think. Okay. And I just don't know if I want it to start right now. I don't so think it needs to. Here's the question: uh, Alberto Del Rio or Roman Reigns? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Del Rio. Oh my god. I don't like him, but I'm just telling you, I, I I think Roman Reigns is not ready. And I think his time will come, but it just yeah. it shouldn't be right now. Kane or Roman Reigns? Especially because then what do you do? I mean, what do you... <laughs> is he going to main event SummerSlam? No. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't, 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 don't want to see, see Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. This is one of those. I think this is one of those situations where he's going to get real close. He'll be on the ladder, you know, and everybody thinks it'll happen because we'll be, we'll be at, uh, you know, ten fifty or whatever, five minutes before it's supposed to go off the air. Uh, but he'll be pulled down, and then he won't get another title shot for a little while. So, is this all about? Uh... Whoever wins this match is going to be essentially facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Is that what we're kind of predicting? I think that's the obvious move. Which, of course, begs the question, how does Daniel Bryan fit in? But I guess we'll figure that out later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we might as well not beat around the bush. I mean, I, I definitely think John Cena's going to win. Yeah. And we'll see Brock Lesnar either... Sunday or Monday night to get the ball rolling for a feud between those two. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If no. if they don't bring back Lesnar soon, I feel like it's probably uh, losing a little too much steam from WrestleMania. You know what's weird, though, is they're, they're cramming in the Battlefield pay-per-view before Slam, SummerSlam. It's only three weeks after running the bank. Mm. So I'm not sure yeah. how they can play that out. That's not terrible. I wonder if that would be a way to get Daniel Bryan's rematch out of the way. Possibly. I guess there's always the chance that um, Daniel Bryan will get a title shot at Battleground and that uh, Brock Lesnar will interrupt and that we'll get Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think that would be a good, a good sell. I mean, but again, you you you're sitting there. Okay, well, what does John Cena do? What for SummerSlam? Yeah. Uh, I was about to say Randy Orton, but I just got shivers. I I <laughs> that's how much I dislike that idea. Right. Um. Uh, God, I don't want to see another John Cena versus Bray Wyatt match. So let's make the pick. My my pick is Cena. My dark horse is Bray Wyatt. I'll go Orton. With a dark, dark horse of Bray Wyatt. Mm. With a dark horse of Cesaro. Let me go with that. All right. Not Bray Wyatt. Dark. So horse. give me some, uh, give me some color on Orton. How do you see that going down? Um, 
I just because uh, you know he's he's part of the authority and uh, so go get some assistance from Kane or something. Um, maybe Kane, but maybe Seth Rollins, because you know you have the whole question of uh, you know Seth Rollins and he how are they going to get along? And I think Seth Rollins giving him a big assist to get this done. I think it does it. So in your world. We'd have Randy Orton as champion and Dean Ambrose walking around with the briefcase. Yep, which I think sets up a really cool dynamic. I could definitely be into that, that's for sure. And I think you're either going to get Randy Orton against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam or Randy Orton against Sheamus. Hmm. So you you would actually see Randy Orton against Ziggler, like, title match? Oh, you know what? Probably Roman Reigns. Because didn't I, didn't I predict that earlier in the show, that Roman Reigns is is getting yeah. paired up with Randy Orton? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and I, I think you're probably on the money with, with them being paired up. Yeah. But that could easily just be the fallout at this match. Maybe Orton stops Reigns on the ladder or something like that. And, you know, Cena mops up and gets the belts, but Orton and Reigns thereafter have problems with each other. Perhaps, perhaps. All right. So we made our picks. You got Orton and Ambrose. I got Cena and Rollins. <laughs> I'm going with the obvious ones, I guess, but I just don't see it playing out. I don't. I don't see any shot coming out of this one. But I'd love to be wrong. Um. So you know we're coming up on an hour here, but let's briefly talk about the Wyatts being in the tag match. Yes. Another chance for gold for the family. Yes. Um, is it time for the Usos to drop the belts? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I think um, I think the Wyatt family looked good with the championship belts being held up. Yep. I, th- I think for some reason it just makes them seem a little more menacing. And uh, the Usos are a, a much better tag team than I was giving them credit for before. Yeah. Um, but they're only a one-time champion. This is their first reign with the belts, and I think I think you take it off of them, and then you let them stew around a little bit, whatever, and you get them back before the year's over. Yeah. Because I think uh, I think at that point, you know, them being a two-time champion and having them chase the belts a little bit just makes them all the more credible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think they were they were a little underrated for a while, and I think they're they're showing that they belong in the tag title picture, and they're and they're worthy champions. I mean, they do put on a good a good match. Um, so yeah, I, I agree though. It, it does seem time for the Wyatts to get some gold, and this could be a way to I don't know keep them fresh uh, after basically getting seeded. Right. You know. You probably need a little gold in the family. Now, how great would it be if they win and Bray Wyatt wins, and then we have the Wyatt family with all the gold? Yeah, when when Bray Wyatt mentioned something about that on Raw, the idea kind of floated around in my head, and I was like, you know, how would that feel? And I just something about it just it doesn't feel right. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm thinking actually this would be a good way. You know, since Wyatt's got to do some sort of rehab after what happened. Um, but then, you know, if his boys win the tag titles, maybe he can just sit in his rocking chair and watch them for a little while, you know, until he decides who he wants to to mess with next. Yeah. And then it kind of conveniently keeps him in the spotlight. You know, he'll be on TV, but he doesn't have to keep spewing his rhetoric that turned out to not be true when John Cena beat him two out of three, you know? Yeah. I think I think he needs a good uh, a good feud against somebody like Sheamus or Alberto Del Rio. You know, turn Alberto Del Rio face for a couple months and have him uh, just get dominated by yeah. the Wyatt family. And and uh, I think he needs something like that. You know, he he got the big win at Royal Rumble against Daniel Bryan. You know, he did well against Cena. Now it's time to have him against. You know the upper tier guys that can have losses. You know. Yeah. Maybe Ziggler. <laughs> yeah. Although at this point, at this point, uh, a win over Ziggler doesn't mean much. True. But it would be a win. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it is interesting. I mean, overall, they've they've built up a number of guys here to the point where they're. They're believable in the main event. They're gonna have to figure out a way to juggle them all. Yeah. Keep them fresh. You know, I guess with a three-hour RAW and and SmackDown, and now they're actually using main event to push storylines. I mean, they got plenty of television time in which to do this. But yeah, how about this? How about uh, right now? WWE is is happy that they don't have uh, CM Punk on the roster. How about yeah. that? What, yeah. What, I mean, in the, what in the world would you do if CM Punk came back tomorrow? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what what would you do with him? You mean? Yeah, I mean, like, how how in the world would that? I mean, that would that would shake up the card something fierce. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. It, it would be a uh, it'd be a good problem to have, but. Yeah. You just wish that uh, somebody like Cena would take his ball and go home. <laughs> yes, or Randy Orton. Because then that would open up a lot of real possibilities. Yeah. But how about if how about if Batista was still here? <laughs> <laughs> at least at least he knew when to uh, to walk away and walk alone. I think it was always planned to be like this. I thought I think it was always planned for him to be back for a little bit and then Yeah. But you know, he he was probably promised some stuff that he didn't get. And he had to agree to say, "All right, let's change the plans." Yeah, maybe maybe so. Yeah. All righty. Well, I think that's our preview show. Anything else? We want to talk a little bit about the fact that a bunch of people got released. Was were there any surprises there? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was surprised Brodus Clay and uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre did another uh, another good Chosen. interview with Jericho. Yeah. Did yeah, Brodus is a little surprising because they they obviously put some effort into him. And he was over for as for as much as uh, for as much as I didn't care for the whole um, Funkasaurus whatever. Um, 
someone better call my mom. You know, I for as much as I didn't really care for all that and the the thigh shaking. Right. Um, he got over and he had potential to be a heel. You know, he he had that. You know, you can you can teach a guy to wrestle. You can teach a guy mannerisms. But you can't teach someone to be that big and that tall and have that monstrous look. And I don't know why they just gave up on it. Yeah. Well, you never know what goes on backstage. Maybe he was yeah. lazy. You know, maybe he was tough <laughs> to work with. You never know. Perhaps. I mean, it's it's a grind that they're on. Yeah. But I'll, I'll definitely say that uh, Drew Mac. <clears throat> Give it a couple years. Drew McIntyre will be back, and he'll be awesome. I was actually slightly surprised, you know, just looking at the list here of uh, of the releases. It was well. We'll just run the list down if, if anybody didn't know. But JTG, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, Oksana, Kurt Hawkins, Teddy Long, Camacho, Brodus Clay, Evan Bourne, Yoshitatsu, and some ref named Mark Harris. I was a little surprised by Jinder Mahal because I I thought he had a pretty unique look. Yeah, and and I gotta tell you, when I saw him live, um, when was that? A few months back. Yeah. That dude is ripped. And and I know I know that you know all the wrestlers are strong and whatever, but he is ripped. He and Drew McIntyre both just ripped. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, like, you Did don't just... you get just... the steamies over there, Rob? No, but I was like, you know, I, I got the man steamies. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like holy shit, look at that dude. Well, I definitely got the steamies for Oksana. But oh, I, def- I definitely not, didn't. Not too surprising. I mean, she wasn't all that good. No, I, you got a little hurt. better, but... I mean, she's the one that hurt Naomi, right? She's the one that... Uh, Dropped the knee down into Naomi's face and broke her orbital bone. Was she? I think she was, yeah. 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 Plus, you know, she had that creepy crawling across the ring. Just It's a cat. She's I, being a cat. I get it. I get it. I know it's supposed to be sexy. I just didn't find it sexy at all. You're weird. Did you think it was hot? Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear people. I'm going to post this on Facebook. I want to hear people tell me whether or not that was hot. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, we, well, we have, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Gosh. I, I, I want to hear our listener uh, Grady. I'm going. I'm going to call out Grady. I love when uh, when wrestling fans are like, you know, judging uh, whether these supermodels are hot enough. Um, Some of them are hotter than others. Kurt Hawkins, honestly, I thought was already gone. I know that's the joke about JTG, but but Kurt Hawkins was a guy that I actually kind of liked. I thought he had already been gone for a while. Yeah. But I thought he had a lot of potential. I don't know what's going on with that. I, I would guess he'll resurface in TNA. Yeah, either that or Ring of Honor. Just like the other dude um, who's now, what, Ethan Carter? What's that? Eric Bateman, who's now oh, Ethan Carter. Yes. Yes, he's uh, really good. And Teddy Long, but I guess he comes comes and goes right over the past thirty years. Yeah, and he's yeah you know, he's getting up there. I wonder how old he is. He probably got a golden parachute. Probably. 
Now listen here, player. We're going to release you. Player, player is... Wow. No, he's uh, he's in the 60s, right? Yeah, he's, uh, he's a year older than my old man. Mm. 66 years old and nice. counting. Like, don't crack, baby. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. I think I think his time. It was his time to go. Same with Vicky, Vicky Guerrero. She's gone. We all know that, right? Yeah. Raw well, was already. She's already tweeted about it. Yeah. Tweet, 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 tweet. Yep. All righty. Yeah, those those are the only surprises. Oh, one one last thing. Is this are are we ready to go? Because I got yeah. one last thing. Okay, so uh, I'm going to be posting some things on Facebook that we're going to talk about uh, next time, or you know, maybe in a special episode coming up. So, as, at some point in the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about some of this. Um, just want to throw this out there. Uh, maybe some uh, some of our favorite Vicky Guerrero moments now that she's no longer in WWE. Right. And uh, some of our favorite Eddie Guerrero moments. You hear, the, you hear all those people getting really excited about the Vicky Guerrero list. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know it. I know it seems like on the surface that there's probably not a lot of those moments, but I think uh, even if some, even if our listeners can't find any, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find some some good ones. All right. Um, what what we hope for at SummerSlam? You know, what do we want to see? Yeah. You know, We'll be uh, we'll still be two pay-per-views out, but after uh, Money in the Bank, we'll have a pretty good idea of what the possibilities could be. Mm. And uh, I had a I had a couple of questions about uh, the legacies of AJ Lee and CM Punk. Ah, uh. because it doesn't look, it look like we're gonna see either one of them in 2015. No, Some, somebody's having a baby. That's what I hear. Um. I, I I I I would at this point be surprised if you ever see AJ wrestle again. I think she'll be back at some point, but I don't think it'll be uh, until I'm old enough to run for president. Because you know how it is with divas. I mean, they can't exactly go into their forties. Yeah. Um, she'll be she'll be hit thirty within the next year or two. Right. So we're gonna uh, be. Talking about some of those potentially in the future. And uh, two quick questions for you, John. Uh, TNA Wrestling. I know you don't watch it. I know, uh, I know it's not uh, not on your list of things to check out on a weekly basis. But a couple things. Bobby Lashley is their new world champion. First of all, uh, all right, so you heard it. Does it make you any more interested in their show? No. Okay, I didn't think so, but I wanted to check <laughs> Um, and, uh, they, they seem, their champion seems to move a lot. Am I crazy? It seems know, like every other month there's a new champion. Yeah. I, I would say that that's uh, a fair assessment. Probably every three, four months. Hmm. Uh, I think this time it was only 70 days. I think I, I think I saw that. Yeah. Um, but and they don't, he, they don't necessarily wait for pay-per-views to do it, right? No, they absolutely don't. Um, yeah. Right, and that was that was my other question is uh, you know they don't they don't run twelve pay per views a year I, I can't remember whether it's four or six I think it's four run that I heard um, but every so often they have like a super uh, a super Thursday night 
where they take one of their old pay-per-view names hmm. and they essentially just assign it to a regular free televised show. So coming up, uh, I think it's a month from today. Unless, yeah, so I think it's a month from today. Um, they're doing a, a special uh, pay-per-view style show okay. on a Thursday night. And they're going back to the six-sided ring. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought that was... I thought there was some vote on doing that permanently. Yeah. Um, I know they're at least going to have it in New York when they do that uh, Destination X show. But my question to you, does I'll that... I'll put it this way, buddy. Unless Dean Ambrose is showing up in that impact zone sometime soon, you're your not boy ain't to... tuning in. Okay. You, you just you just alienated some of our uh, some of our listeners, but that's okay because they're uh, they're now Team Rob. Yeah, well, hey, look, I'm the only one watching Portland wrestling, so we all have that's our things. Fine. That's fine, and I I attended a uh, Destination X pay per view. I attended it. Yeah, so. I just you know I got a big boy job. It's <laughs> bad enough that I spend as much time as I do on WWE at my age. Yeah, and do a podcast. Uh, I just don't have room for TNA. Sorry. I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, and and most weeks, uh, most weeks I don't tune in TNA either. And but, I've I've done it. I mean, I have tuned in. Don't get me wrong. In the last month, I've put it on at least twice. There you go. But it doesn't stay on very long. <laughs> right. And you know, unless I, Velvet Sky's on the screen, then I'll keep it on. Oh, you got to. Baby that girl, girl is hot. Dime. Yeah. I would take her over any current diva, for sure. Really? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah, she's the one seed. I, what current I, diva? What current diva would uh? No. Nope. rank above her? No, no one for me that I yeah. can think of. But I'm just surprised that uh, that you allowed someone on TNA's roster to be the top of your roster. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they've never had a shortage of, of fine ladies, from what I've from what I've noticed. No yeah. doubts, I should say. Right. Um, no, I just can't get into the uh, the promo styles and the, the storylines. You know, that's uh, you know, I'm just I'm just I gotta check in every now and again, see see how you're rolling with TNA, John. Yeah. Like I said, I I tune in here and there. I, I try, but there's only so much time in the week. That's fine. So. I understand, even if our listeners don't. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it takes all kinds, right? If we had the same exact perspective, it would be that interesting of a show. Yeah. I'm sure it's debatable how interesting the show is in general, but... <laughs> but if we, if we both felt the same way about everything, it would uh, right. It would be less interesting than it already is. Besides, being a hater on TNA, I think at least makes for some good shtick. Yep, but uh, just in case the people are wondering, it's not shtick. You really hate TNA. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. Know, I would say hate. I just disrespect. Well, there you go. Actually, you should, disrespect. You should, you should say hate, and then all the TNA people would uh, would be all about uh, listening to hear if if you'll ever change your mind. See what I can do to change your opinion. I think what I said is 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 about the most accurate thing. If, unless Dean Ambrose shows up in that impact zone right now, my eyes are glued to. WWE instead of TNA. Well, whatever you do, don't talk shit about uh, Ring of Honor. Just, oh, no. 
I DVR that. Do you really? Rarely watch it, but I I do DVR it. I would watch it every week if I could. But I cannot. It does not come on in my television area. Well, you live in a hurting area. Right, the nation's capital. The nation's capital. It is no longer the nation's wrestling capital. No, it is not. Capital Wrestling moved out of there a long time ago. Yeah. Well, alrighty. That's I think all that's I had. Today. Until uh, next time. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we can pull ourselves together this time next week to uh, lament John Cena as our new champion. Yeah, let's 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 hope that we don't. And uh, and for now, Johnny, ring that bell because this one's in the books. Right on. All right. See you next week.